Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, if you have a Bible, would you lift your Bibles up today and let's say this together. In faith, this is the Word of God, digital Bible, no shame here, whatever you have, physical Bible, let's say this together. This is my Bible, it is God speaking to me, so I open my heart today to hear and receive the Word of the Lord. Would you open your Bibles today to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, and I'd like for us to read this all together this morning. This will be, uh, I was supposed to start a Christmas message today, but that's okay. This is Christmas because it's about Christ, okay, today. But I'm finishing up, move that mountain uh, message about faith today. I want to make it really, really simple for you today. Let me tell you, why is it so important to have faith? Because there's a lot of us that are in desperate situations, You're on your back, you're up against the wall and you don't know what to do and you need God to move and you've been praying and praying for answers. I believe that this is your answer, faith. Watch, I want us to read this today. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. In fact, can we read this out loud and read it loudly today? Let's fill this house with the voice of God's word. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. If you don't have that version, that's okay. But just read along on your screens and let's say this together in faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We cannot please God. We cannot move forward and live out the plan of God for our lives without faith. Whose faith? Your faith. My faith, not God's faith. So many times people are waiting on God when I believe that God's waiting on them. He's waiting for us to believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And then what is faith? Well, we've read it several weeks in a row. But if you look at the book of Mark chapter 11 and verses 23 and 24, I just want to point out to you again, Mark chapter 11, 23 and 24, Jesus said this, for assuredly, Well, you wouldn't start out with, for assuredly, uh, unless you're prefacing something that you might not believe. Like, for instance, you're telling a story to somebody and you're saying, hey, what I'm about to tell you, (laughs) this is real. Well, it's not that what other things you say aren't real, or I'm not lying about this. Well, it's not that you normally lie. It's just that you might not believe that what he's saying. Jesus is saying, most assuredly, I say to you, what I'm about to tell you is true. Listen, for assuredly, I say to you, would you read this with me? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now let me ask you a question. He said, I say to you that whoever... Who does this apply to? Did it apply to you? Did it apply to me? Now, what does he say? Whoever says. Now, notice the three uh, highlights there with yellow. Whoever says to this mountain, 
that those things he says, he will have whatever he says. I want you to notice that three times Jesus said the word says, and one time he uses the word believes. Because I think a lot of times we'll use the word faith as just something I believe. But I want you to notice that Jesus is not only emphasizing what you believe, he's emphasizing what comes out of your mouth. In fact, three times he's talking about what you say over what you believe. Now, they're both important. It's important faith is not only in your heart, but it's got to be in your mouth too. He didn't say whoever thinks about the mountain be removed. He didn't say whoever mind over matter imagines the mountain be removed. He didn't say whoever asked God to move the mountain. He said whoever says to the mountain, speaks to the situation, and does what? And believes. He says you'll have whatever you say. You'll have whatever you say. So notice three times uh, and one time believe. I also want to point out another thing about this. Notice he says Whoever says to this mountain, or he he says, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. See, sometimes we speak to something and we don't see a change. He didn't say, speak to it and see a change. He said, speak to it and believe it's going to be done. See, our believing, our faith, is that we receive it in the Spirit. We receive what? We receive that what we speak is going to be done. I want you to just look at this here. He says, in fact, I underline these two. Look at this. But believes that those things he says, would you say, will be done? So let me ask you, you're believing. Can you believe that God will do things that they will be done after you speak them? That's what you have to believe, right? They will be done. Notice, he will have. Did it say he does have? No, he will have whatever he says. You have to believe that what you say will be done. Now, and then he goes on and says it in verse uh, 24 in prayer. He says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe you receive them. And notice, you will have them. So when do you have them? You have them in the future But when do you receive them? You receive them now when you pray. You receive that you have the answer in faith, right? And it would be just like, for instance, if someone said, I need a car. I need a new car, okay? And I said, okay, I'll tell you what. I have a car, and I'm going to give you that car. And uh, just see me after church, and I have the keys right here, and I'm going to give you the car after church. Well, let me ask you, did you... Have you driven the car yet? No. Is it, have you, have you, um, is the car, have you technically been in the car and experienced the car yet? No. But can you receive the car ahead of time? Yes, you can. And if you come up afterwards, by the way, I didn't say this, but if you come up afterwards and I, and you receive the keys and receive the car, Right? You take the car, then you can drive the car. Do you know, things by faith, when God makes promises to us, when he makes promises, he lays them out, and we can receive those promises, and then we experience the promises. But we receive them by faith first. We say it by faith first, and then we experience it afterwards. Isn't that how we got saved? 
It says in the book of Romans, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, the very first time that you said, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life, he wasn't the Lord. When you were saying it, he wasn't. But your faith, your heart, and your words helped you. The first time you said, I am born again, I am a believer. The very first time you said it, as you were saying it, you weren't. But as you said it, you crossed over and you received Jesus and then you became born again. That's the same thing you receive, the same way you receive everything from God. It's the same way you receive healing. It's the same way you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, it's the same way that you receive uh, healing in your marriage. It's the same way that you receive healing in your finances or provision that you're asking for. It's the same way that you receive a spouse if you're believing God for that. It's the same way you receive uh, direction. Everything is you're saying, God, I ask you for this and I believe that I receive it now and I will have it. And then you ask in faith. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay, so it's something in your heart. Jesus taught us that you have to believe that it will be done and you will have it. Today I want to talk about, for a little bit, faith in action. Would you just write this down if you're taking notes? Would you write down the words faith in action? It's important when you go buy something that's electronic, like a, like a toy or a tool or something, you can't keep it in the box and say it doesn't work. You have to pull it out, plug it in, charge it up, and get it working in order for it to work. A lot of times we do that with our faith. We have faith and our box is swollen up and we keep feeding our faith and we say, I have faith but it's not working. Pull it out of the box, get it dirty, right? And put it into action and it'll start working. Faith in action. Uh, that is your faith in action. Your faith in action. It's not enough to have knowledge about faith. It's not enough to have knowledge about the word of God. You have to put it into practice. All growth and all development, it, uh, it requires use. It requires putting it into practice. If you're building muscles, right? If you're building muscles, what does it require if you want to start building your muscles? You have to feed Right? You have to have the right protein, you have to have the right, and you have to exercise. You have to feed and exercise. That's how physically you grow. You feed and you exercise. What happens with a baby if something happened to them and they laid in bed all day? Would their muscles develop? I mean, for years and years and years and years, would their muscles develop? No. In fact, sometimes you've seen uh, some who've had some type of diseases and they've had to live for years in a bed. And they, they've gotten up and they're weak and they're feeble. Well, why? They still had a body and they still fed. Well, they didn't exercise. After you have an injury, one of the things that they do is they, they put you into physical therapy. And what does it do? It puts you into exercise. It makes you start beginning to exercise. And as you exercise and put your muscles in, a, in that place again, it begins to develop and grow and be back normal again. It's important for our faith to be in action. We can't let our faith be on the inside and locked up and we don't put it into action. You should right now, I should right now at all times be believing God and, and having our faith out on the line. What does that mean? You say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm living by faith. Here's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is believing something you don't yet experience and see right now. 
It's stepping out farther than, the, than what you're experiencing and seeing right now. Stepping out into what? Stepping out into the things God planned for you and says over your life. That's why it's important to know what God's will is in our lives. So in order for growth and development to happen, we have to feed and we have to exercise it and it will grow. In order for your faith to grow, we have to feed our faith and we have to exercise our faith. Let me ask you this. How do you feed your spirit? How do you feed your spirit? Well, you have to feed your spirit with spiritual food. You have to feed your physical body with what? Physical food. And you have to feed your spiritual body with what? With spiritual food. Your body needs physical food and your spirit needs spiritual food, right? You remember Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It says this, man shall not live by bread, say it with me, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your body needs physical food, your spirit needs spiritual food. Jesus answered and said, it is written, notice, man shall not live by bread alone. Bread feeds your spirit or your, or your physical man. So bread or food feeds your physical man, he said, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Do the, do the words of God feed your physical man or your spiritual man? They feed your spiritual man. So listen, the thing that feeds your physical man is physical food. The thing that feed, feeds your spiritual man is spiritual food. That's why when someone says, uh, well, you know what? I, I live on a, a, a scripture a day. I live on one verse a day. And I say, that's great. That's great. That's, but you can also live on one cold snack a, a day. But do you have to? No, you don't have to. It's important to feed your spirit the word of God. To get God's word on a daily basis into your heart. Not just on Sundays. It would be as ridiculous as to feed your spirit once a week on Sunday mornings to, when you come to church. It would be as ridiculous to feed your spirit once a week as it would to be to feed your body just one meal a week. Yeah, I know, you know, I know we could do it. We could survive. But in order to have nourishment, in order to have energy, in order to, for your body to be able to produce the things it needs to produce, it's important to feed. So our spiritual food comes from the word of God, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want you to notice, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do you feed your faith? How do you feed your spirit? By hearing the word of God. So if you're lacking faith, what do you need to do? You have to feed. If you're physically not healthy, what do you have to do? Look at your diet and exercise. Right? Are you with me this morning? If you're physically unhealthy, what do you need to do? Look at your diet and exercise. Your spiritual diet is what you're hearing, what you're listening to. And you, are you listening to the pure words of God or are you listening to all the mess that's on social media, that your friends that want to console you or want to be around you? No, it's important to feed on the pure word of God and to exercise your faith in what God says. So uh, that's how we feed our spirit. We feed our spirit, um, spirit food. We hear and we, we hear it and we, uh, and we apply it and we exercise it. We feed and we exercise. So you grow not just by feeding, you also grow by exercising. How do you exercise your faith? How do you exercise your faith? You exercise your faith by the words that you speak. 
You exercise your faith by the words that come out of your mouth. You can say, I believe, but you don't say, you, you don't say what you believe out of your mouth. Then you probably won't believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Uh, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. Someone that says, someone that says I believe in Jesus, but I just don't feel really comfortable saying that. Well, you'd, you'd kind of doubt they're believing in Jesus, right? Because someone that is married, but every time they get around someone, they take their wedding ring off. How would you feel about that? Right? Well, they just say, you know, I just don't feel comfortable letting people know that I'm married. Right? Well, the same thing with the, with the Lord. You have to be able to say what you believe. Right? Someone, someone comes up sometimes, be talking to a lady or something, and, uh, you know, in public or we're out somewhere or such and such, and every once in a while I'll find out I, didn't, I don't have my ring on or something, and I'll just say, yeah, my wife, such and such. Well, I'm not trying to say it to make anything feel awkward. I'm just trying to, like, let the situation know, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm one with someone. Right? Do you know that's the way we need to be with the Lord, and that's the way we need to be with our faith? That's the way we need to be with our healing. That's the way we need to be with, with, with our destiny, with where God's calling you to and taking you to, is you need to just put it out there and just say, hey, that's not the direction I'm going. Someone's trying to take you into an old path, your old lifestyle, your old thing. You just have to be able to say, hey, I just want to let you know up front, that's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm headed. Why? Because your faith has to speak what your heart believes. It's important. Diet and exercise. Faith in action. Romans chapter uh, 10, verse 8, it says this. But what does it say? The word is near you, notice, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. How do you exercise your faith? By your words, by what you say. Notice this. The word is near you. Where is it? In your, where is it? In your, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Notice, in your mouth we preach. Those are both in your mouth, which we preach, right? In your mouth and in your heart, the word's faith. You'll see it's kind of faintly in green right there. In your mouth, in your heart, the words of faith which we preach. It, you'll always find faith in two places. You'll find it in your heart, but you've got to find it in your mouth too. It's important for us to speak. Look at this next uh, verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what was written, notice, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. See, it's important that faith just doesn't stay in your heart. Well, I, you know, I just don't feel comfortable. Well, if you want to be able to have faith, without faith it's impossible to please God then you have to be able to get used to speaking what God speaks, speaking what God says. It's important to speak out the words of God. So, well, that, that feels, some people might, that feels kind of prideful or it feels kind of like I'm trying to make myself better. No, it's not you're making yourself better. It's that God spoke words of destiny and words of life and words of healing and words of hope and words of deliverance and words of help. So instead of speaking all of our mess all the time, we have to be able to say, God's will is this, and I speak, that's where I'm headed. That's what's going to happen. That's, what, that's, that's where it's going to be accomplished in my life. Not because of me, but because of God. See, do you see faith? Look at it again. I believed, 
and therefore, say it with me, I believed and therefore I spoke. Say it with me again. I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore what? Speak. It's not just feeding your faith, it's exercising your faith. How do you exercise it? By what comes out of your mouth. In fact, look at Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, and look at verse 19. Jesus said this to his disciples about the mountain again. Look at it, it says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Talking about a spirit. Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, I want you to notice this. He said, you have unbelief, but he wasn't just talking about their hearts. He wasn't just talking about their hearts here. Listen. He says, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, here we go again, like what I'm about to tell you is true. For assuredly I say to you, notice, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say. Just stop right there. If you have faith, even a little as a mustard seed, you will say. I want you to notice faith speaks. Faith speaks. Faith doesn't sit silent on things. Faith speaks. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Would you just say it over your life today? Nothing will be impossible for me. If what? If I say and I believe, nothing will be impossible for who? For you, for the person who says and believes. That's because we, that's what faith, not in a faith in a box on the shelf, but faith that's activated, faith that's working, faith that's charged. It's filled and it's speaking. That's how we, uh, we feed and we exercise our faith. So notice he said faith as a mustard seed. Put this... Uh, picture up here of a mustard seed. If you have faith as a mustard seed, is a mustard seed small or large? And, and look at this next picture. If you have faith as a mustard seed, a mustard seed, you see that up on the top of that finger? One to two millimeters in di diameter. Very small. Jesus was probably picking the smallest thing that they were familiar with right there. He was saying, if you have even a little bit of faith. Why did he say that? I believe he said that because there's a lot of people who don't use their faith because they don't think they have big faith. Have you ever been there? Yeah. You don't pray for things because you think I don't have enough faith. So I just, I don't want to get disappointed. And really, disappointment comes from unmet expectations. So I'm just going to stop being disappointed. I'm going to stop getting depressed about it. And I'm just not going to ask and pray. But notice Jesus didn't say if you have big faith, you can move a mountain. He said, if you have faith, look at it, as what? Just take your, take your fingers like this. Would you do it? As a mustard seed. Just a mustard seed. Look at the next slide. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say, notice, to this mountain, say it with me, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for who? For you. For who? For the person who believes and speaks. Even if you have a little bit of faith, use the little bit of faith you have. Every one of us are at different places, but use the faith. We're all going to start where we are. Use the faith that you have. You will say to the mountain, move, 
and it'll move. Now, a mountain is extremely large. I think Jesus was pointing out and saying, if inside of you, you have even the smallest amount of faith, you can say to the largest thing that we see here, move. And the smallest thing can affect the largest thing in such a big way. That's the power of your faith. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say. So what is required to operate in the supernatural? What is required to see signs and wonders? What is required to see your situation turn around? Faith. Well, I just need to pray more. Not if it's not in faith. Faith is what activates prayer. You can pray till you're blue in the face. You could sing songs and cry till you're blue in the face, trying to make God feel sorry for you. But it's not, it's not making God feel bad for you. Oh, doesn't he see what I'm going through? No, it's faith. He didn't, he didn't say begging moves mountains. He says faith moves mountains. As a mustard seed, very the smallest faith, you will say to this mountain move. Now I want you to compare the two of these. Compare the two of these just quickly. Small faith, large mountain. In your life, small faith, if you just have a little bit of faith, large mountain. What is required to operate in the supernatural, to see signs and wonders, to please God? It's faith in action. It's putting that little seed of faith into action. It's faith that's outside of the box. As believers now, I want to remind you of this. We all have a measure of faith. Every one of you has faith. I know that sometimes people say, I just don't have faith. It's hard for me to believe. And other people say, I have big faith. I have a gift of faith. No, listen, every one of us have a measure of faith. Just like every one of you have uh, arms and biceps and muscles, but some of your arms and muscles and biceps are more developed, the same thing with your faith. We've all started out with a measure of faith, and we've all started out with a measure of muscles, and it's up to us to develop those things. So uh, let's look at this. As believers, we all have a measure of faith. Look in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Just read this. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. We all have muscles. We all have faith. To strengthen them, though, we must use them. To strengthen your faith, you have to use your faith. You have to put it into action. Someone says, well, I thought I just had big faith, or I thought I just had small faith. No, that's not the truth. In fact, it's not the size of someone who boasts of having faith. Have you ever seen uh, a big, a big, like a big guy, a big strong guy, and you say, hey, come help me with this, and they come and lift, and they don't really have a lot of strength. But then you see this little bitty, little bitty guy that doesn't seem like he can lift much, and he walks over, and he lifts, and you're like, what in the world? Where did he come from? He's power-packed, he's muscle-packed, he's strength-packed. Well, it's not just the size. It's not looking like you have faith. It's not acting like, I'm a man of faith. Okay, what's happening? Let me see your faith in action. What's God doing? How's God moving in your life? Don't look at yourself and self-evaluate and put yourself down based on the size of what you think your faith is. Faith is measurable and faith can grow. In the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, We are bound to thank God always, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. I want you to notice, it's not whatever measure of faith you have right now is what measure you're going to have next month. Your faith develops and your faith can grow. It doesn't naturally grow. It, it naturally grows little by little, I guess, if you keep feeding it the word of God. But you have to be intentional to feed it and to exercise it, and it will grow. Jesus points out measures of faith. 
I want to uh, read these scriptures. One thing is he said you have little faith. He said this, and I'm just going to read these three. Luke chapter 12, verse 28. It says, if then God so clothes the, the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of what? Jesus talks about little faith. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 30, it says, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, what? O you of little faith. Then he was talking to Peter one day. Remember when Peter walked on the water and then Peter began to sink in the water? Matthew chapter 14, verse 31, and it says, And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, and he said to him, O you of what? You of little faith. Notice Peter had faith. Little. And he walked on the water for a little while. (laughs) His faith got him on the water. He walked on the water. Longer than you and I walked on the water. But what happened? Because his faith was little, he could only walk for a little while and he began to get his eyes on other things. Little faith. Jesus also talked about great faith. Remember to the centurion. The centurion was this uh, leader, and he, was, he came to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, I have a servant. My servant is lying at home. He's paralyzed, and he's greatly tormented. And he said to him, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you should come. I don't want to waste your time to have to travel all the way to my house. But if you just speak the word, just say the word, I believe that my servant would be healed. Notice the man was exercising his faith by saying, if you speak the word, my servant will be healed. He was believing and he was saying it. Jesus looked at him, and I want you to notice what Jesus did. Matthew chapter 8, verse 10. It says, and when Jesus heard it, he marveled. There's two big things that we see Jesus, by the way, marvel at in the Bible. One is little faith, and one is great faith. Jesus stops and notices and points on both. Great faith, little faith. Great faith, little faith. Why is Jesus even noticing faith if faith wasn't important? Notice, he said, oh, you, he says, and when Jesus heard it, verse 10, he marveled and he said to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such, say it with me, great faith, even in all of Israel. He's saying, even with the Jews who are walking, even in all the people, I haven't found such great faith. And here's a centurion who has faith. In me, and he pointed out, he said he has great faith. I want you to notice, first of all, that Jesus found faith. He found little faith. He found big faith. But Jesus is looking for faith. He's looking for faith in you today. He's looking for faith in us today. He found to one little faith, to one little, uh, another uh, great faith. The Bible points out measures of faith. Let me read a couple more here. He talks about weak and strong faith. In the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body dead when he was about 100 years old. He's talking about Abraham. God told Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a baby, right? Abraham's about 100. His wife's about 90. And it says, not being weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body uh, are now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. So notice he pointed out not being weak in faith. And then the very next verse It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was what? So the the verse before it says weak in faith. This verse says strong in faith. So he talks about not only little faith or 
great faith, but he talks about weak faith, and he talks about great faith, or he talks about full faith, uh, weak faith and strong faith. Your faith can be weak and your faith can be strong, but you have to keep your faith active. Even if your faith's weak, you have to keep it active. You have to keep it going. You have to keep pressing it. You have to keep feeding it. You have to keep exercising it. And then he talks about full faith in the book of Acts chapter 6, verse 5. Remember about uh, Stephen in the Bible. Acts chapter 6, verse 5, it says, and saying, The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man who was what? Who was full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. You know, you can have a glass, and the glass is half full. And do you notice that the, the whole glass is really full of something? It could be full of air and full of water at the same time. It could be full of, you know, half oil and half vinegar. It can be full of different things. But notice, Stephen was full of faith. He was full of faith. Your faith can be half full or it can be fully full. How many want full faith? Yeah, we want full faith. So he says, Stephen was full of faith, and we can be full of faith. So faith is measurable, and faith can grow. We need it, and in order to, in order to get our faith to grow and strengthen, what do we have to do? We have to feed it with what? Come on. We have to feed it with the Word of God, and we have to exercise it. And how do we exercise it? By getting God's Word in our mouth. We have to feed it and exercise it. You may be sitting here today and you're thinking, I don't feel very strong in faith. This is how to get strong in faith. Feed your heart with the word of God and exercise it. Begin to speak it. Well, I only know how to do it a little. That's all you need. Just start where you are. Start the little bit right where you are. I want to tell you a couple of stories and then we're going to finish here today. But listen, George Mueller, in fact, I have a picture of him on the screen. I love these uh, beards without the, like the Abraham Lincoln beards. George Mueller was a powerful man of God in the 1800s. He was the director of the Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol, England. And during his lifetime, George Mueller cared for over 10,000 orphans. He uh, established 117 schools, and, uh, and there was over 120,000 uh, students. By the way, he did this independently. He didn't have an organization. He didn't have fundraising. He didn't have social media campaigns. He did this independently with his faith and God. He was solely responsible to feed, clothe, and house all of these orphans and to pay the salaries for all the workers and the upkeep for many years. He prayed in, in the 1800s, he prayed in $7.5 million dollars. How much would that be today? In the 1800s, $7.5 million he prayed in. Uh, at 93 years old, George Mueller wrote these words. He said, when I first started praying and believing God, exercising his faith, he said, it took all the faith I had to believe God for one American dollar. He said, but after feeding and exercising my faith daily for over 50 years, I could believe God for a million dollars just as easy as I could believe him for one dollar 50 years ago. See, the point's not where your faith is today. The point is, are you exercising it today? Are you putting it to use today? Are you st 
Are you stepping out and believing God the things that he told you today? If you're not, your faith won't grow and you'll, you'll be like the person who's laying in the bed and you're, you, you won't grow properly. Your faith won't grow properly. Smith Wigglesworth, he was an English pastor. Great man of faith. Raised the dead many times. Great signs and wonders that we'd see. He said, I never felt dressed unless I always have the New Testament Bible. That's, all, that's with me. In fact, he said, I'd rather have my Bible on me than, than even my shoes on. Because he got up in the morning and he'd keep, his, he'd keep his New Testament right there. And one of the things people would say when they go out to eat with him, you know, is he'd, he'd sit there and they'd eat the meal. And as soon as he was done, he'd push back his chair from the meal and he'd say, well, we fed our physical body physical food. It's time to feed our spirit spiritual food. And he'd pull out his New Testament and he'd begin to read the word of God right there at the table. You know, that wouldn't be real popular with a lot of people. But I'll tell you what, that's where you'd see that man get onto a train and he'd sit down and people would come up and start kneeling down and repenting of their sins. People would come and healings would start manifesting. Cancer, tumors would start uh, dropping off right away. Why? Because there was something about him always being ready to activate to release, to use the faith that he had. F.F. Bosworth wrote the book Christ the Healer, and he said most Christians feed their body. You've heard me quote this. Most Christians feed their body three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week and wonder why they're weak in faith. See, it's important to feed our faith and it's important to exercise our faith. Faith in action. We can pray, Lord, give me faith, but neglect the things that require us to build our faith. We can pray all day, Lord, give me faith. We could sing, give me faith. But you know, that's not how faith comes. Faith comes by feeding and by exercising our faith. Nate, can you come up here? Feed your faith by keeping his word in your heart. Exercise your, your faith by keeping God's word in your mouth. And let me just encourage you today. I want you to bow your head. Start where you are. Start where you are. What is it in your life? What is it in your life that needs you to be stepping out and believing God? Maybe you're in a situation right now and you know you're not supposed to be in it. Maybe you're at a job right now. Maybe you're in a relationship right now. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you just feel stumped. Maybe you need healing. And you prayed and prayed and you just feel like giving up. Don't give up. <laughs> I know that I know that I know that there's promises of God that are yet to be fulfilled. Miracles, signs, wonders, seeing mountains moved, seeing God's will come to pass. But it's not going to happen without us activating and engaging our own hearts and our own words. Believing God, stepping out for and believing for the impossible. Believing for our neighborhoods. Believing for our workplaces. Believing for our friends to come into the kingdom. Believing for family members who right at this day, they may go to hell if they died. But you know that God wants them saved. You know that God wants to pull them out of their darkness. And it's going to require yours and my prayers and our faith to step out into the impossible and to see the will of God come to pass. Father, I pray for every person in here today.
I believe that you can do miracles. But I believe also that with the power of your word, we can see miracles. We can heal the sick. We can raise the dead. We can accomplish the things that you've called us to. We can take the promises of God and the word of God and speak them out and pray them out and see the impossible become possible in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it today. And I thank you for it today. If you've been challenged by that today, would you just raise, would you slip up a hand if you've been challenged by that today? Come on, if you say, my faith could increase, my faith could grow. Yeah, just slip up a hand. Yeah, that's, that's most of us. And Father God, I pray right here today, those that have been challenged by this word, I pray that you would help us to grow in faith and exercise our faith. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, pull us forward. Don't let us sit in the back of the class, so to speak. Don't let us be behind and intimidated and depressed and discouraged. Lead us forward. Move us forward in the things that you've called us to. Because there's a lot of lives that are on the line. And I pray that the love of Jesus would permeate this city and those that were around during the day. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.